Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Pandemic. Today's return guest is comic book artist and jolly good chap Jason Lennox, where I'll be asking him how the pandemic has been treating him and uh, what comics he's been reading. Uh, But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month or £30 a year, you can get monthly issues of the History of Comics, Shift, Brawler and specials of Pat Mills' Space Warp. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Jason Lennox. How's it going? Hey, Sam. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here this morning. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, of course, uh, for regular listeners, uh, we'll know this is Jason's second appearance on the show. And, and as per return guests, uh, we do it a little bit differently to the uh, regular Comics for the Apocalypse show, uh, where today we'll be talking about uh, what comics Jason has been reading through the pandemic, amongst other things. Uh, but for anybody that hasn't come across your work just yet, Jason, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? So for the last five years, I've been uh, creating my 80s science fiction, fantasy, 80s cartoon uh, and comic book inspired Lords of the Cosmos book, which I wrapped up the Kickstarter for that uh, and sent out all the backer rewards uh, this month in September, right on time. So issue Amazing. four. Is, yep. And, and Sam, you, when, when it goes to Comixology, uh, hopefully in the next week or two, uh, I will send out a press release with uh, the newest issue. So so you can check it out yourself and, and review it and tell people about it. But yeah, so a lot of people know me from, from doing that and, and they know that uh, I love my eighties cartoons and, and, uh, comic books and things like that and, and lords of the cosmos is you know it's it's just kind of just slowly growing and grinding and getting more and more well known as i make more of it so a lot of people know me for that but uh, a lot of people know me too for a lot of the satanic artwork that i've done over the last i don't know half a decade and uh which brings me to why i'm out kind of out in the press trails today because uh, this is kind of the the big thing next week uh, the satanic coloring book drops on kickstarter on october 5th amazing um and uh where's where's the best place to find you online so sam the easiest place to find me online is probably twitter and instagram you can just go to at lenox artist uh, l-e-n-o-x-a-r-t-i-s-t uh, you can visit my website at uh, jasonlenox.com uh, you can visit me on facebook at uh, jason lenox illustrator and you can visit my Etsy store if you want to pick up some physical prints and books and Lords of the Cosmos back issues at Lennox Art Emporium on Etsy. Uh, amazing. Um, and uh, of course, all of those links will be in the show notes, including um, a link to uh, your latest Kickstarter. Um, so folks, go check out all that work whilst whilst we're talking. Um, now, um, it's it's been an interesting 18 months um in in many regards um but i but i like to start off with um this question for return guests and and that's how has your creative process been during during the pandemic uh i i would call it focused um because we've had to make our lives a lot more efficient and a lot more structured so i've noticed in the last uh you know year and a half that uh we're home more but there's been kids home more and families home more. So it's really forced me to drill down and focus probably more than I ever have before. Um, I find that sometimes we hate pressure, but I think it can bring out the best in our creative processes by forcing us to work better, smarter, and harder. So uh, I feel that I've become way more focused and methodical and, I would say more business oriented into executing things in a very efficient way to deal with the the limitations that I have right now. How about that? That that sounds like a job interview answer, right? <laughs> it does. And and what what would you say are your weaknesses, Jason? No, I was I was, I was kidding. 
<laughs> because that's what they'd say. That that's exactly what they'd say. Yeah, where do you see yourself in five years? Now I get you. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> um, but so uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it has been exactly that. Um, I, I've I've felt very similar things actually, where yeah, just trying to be incredibly focused, um, get the most out of my time um, and things, uh, and yeah, try, trying to be as efficient and, and as effective as possible. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, it was it really was kind of a bit of a kick up the ass to 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 get organized even more um and things like that so so that's certainly been interesting and it, it does sound like you have been rather busy uh particularly with this uh say satanic uh coloring book um but uh yeah on on that note in fact um where where did the inspiration for that come from uh, I, I had some small freelance projects uh, where people were asking me to draw things that were scary and occult, and, and I'd had some thoughts about using some basic satanic imagery for a while, so I tried to shift those small projects uh, towards that uh, around uh, 2015 and 2016, and then uh, those smaller projects started to get some attention from from clients, and people were having uh, me do commissions to do those pieces. And then uh, as I was putting them out as prints and online, uh, they started to get more traction and uh, I kept making more material. And to be totally honest, the the material uh, is all over the place, even in the world of satanic art, where uh, there was some, you know, pretty scary, uh, you know, monster, uh, you know, demon girl stuff. And, And then there was, you know, puppies and and kittens and and rabbits and things like that. And uh, there was kind of a, uh, we like when Jason makes satanic stuff. And then that started to lead me into uh, the satanic uh, world of of fandom. Uh, And there, there is a whole world of that online. It's been an incredibly welcoming uh, community to, to be good customers and, and probably even and better friends as, as I've interacted with more and more uh, people in that space. And uh, there was, a, there was kind of this undercurrent of people saying, uh, when are you going to make a coloring book out of this? Because the line work is really sharp. And, uh, and that, that had come up as early as 2016. Uh, a friend of mine, Julia Geist had brought that up uh, at a convention and I, I poo pooed it. And, uh, then there was just this drumbeat for years. It would just keep coming up. It would just like, it was kind of this question I would hear over and over and over, whether it was in person or online. And uh, at a point uh, between Lords of the Cosmos two and three, where I said, you know, I think I, I will do this, um, but I'll do it after Lords of the Cosmos four, which obviously just wrapped earlier this year. And uh, I kept making more and more material. And uh, I was at uh, an event called Drink and Draw a couple years ago. And uh, I ran into uh, a fellow named Brian Allen, who's a local artist. And, and Brian, you, you probably don't know Brian, uh, but Brian's a pretty interesting guy uh, in the world because if you know uh, hockey and professional hockey, he is the mm-hmm. uh, guy that designed Gritty, the uh, mascot for the Flyers. And uh, Wow, cool. Yeah, and, and uh, we were having a drink. <laughs> Um, and he's a friend, he's local. And he said, what are you up to? And I said, well, I've got this idea for this coloring book, but I said, I really don't know where to get one made. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's in my head. I kind of know when I want to do it, but the, the idea is kind of stalled because I lack the resources to actually know where to go. And the, the weird serendipity of that, uh, beer and a chat with Brian was that, uh, he said, well, you know, there is a place in state college that makes coloring books that's near the mall. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And he, he said, nope. He goes, I, I've, I've done a coloring book there myself. Here's the guy you want to talk to. This is where you go. So I reached out to uh, a company uh, in State College that uh, makes coloring books called KB. And uh, they do printing all the time. And I had a meeting with uh, the general manager there, uh, you know, like I said, a couple years ago. And 
he said, hey, um, some of your art's a little too detailed. We may want to dial back the inking. And I just I right. made some notes and he, he gave me some free coloring book samples. And he said, well, well, I said, we'll be in touch. And then I did two comic books. Um, and but in the back of my mind, during all this time, I was doing things for the last couple of years in preparation for this project. Um, and then as Lords of the Cosmos 4 was wrapping up, um, I started to circle the wagons with um, a, a good collaborator of mine who's done a lot of stuff on Lords of the Cosmos, Danny Zemba. And I reached out to her and I said, it's time because I need her to, to help me put the actual graphics of the book together to make sure all the pages are formatted correctly. And she was going to help me work on the getting the, the cover set up with some of my color artwork to you know get all the, the text and everything done. And her and I had a meeting with Ray um, years after the fact, and, and he said, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. And then, you know, around March of this year, I started just making large planning documents to say, let's get this thing going. And the plan was always to get it launched in October, because I always felt with the satanic coloring book and who the fans were and the, and the artwork and the theme that uh, it would suit for Halloween, right? It's the witching season. And nice. um and one of the one of the real uh, interesting things that came out of this, Sam, was there was always a thought to do a coloring book. But I remember during the process of looking at that with with Danny, is that the art really broke into two themes. So there was a lot there was a lot of like just you know cute animals with a, a satanic symbol, and then there was a lot of stuff that was more. Uh, I mean, they were like rituals uh, and and kind of more demonic and and monsters and creatures. And it, it really dawned on me that, that these two things didn't even work well together, but they worked great apart, right? And mm. then out of that became the idea that this thing would divide and become two books. So there's volume one, which is called Rituals, and volume two, which is called Animals, which has really worked out well because now we have an option uh, for, for you know, the adults, right? So the, the first book, Rituals, is... <clears throat> Adults mm -hmm. only because there's some there's some nudity and adult oh, yeah. themes in it, uh, but volume two is just animals and that is all ages. So you could give it to a little kid, right? And there's like a, a rabbit with a pentagram. So you know, maybe not all kids, but you know, most kids. There's nothing. <laughs> there's there's nothing you have the choice to do so. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's no Absolutely. nudity. There's there's no there's no uh, adult themes in it. So yeah, that was the that was kind of the creative process of this. It never it never started out this way. Um, but I think like a lot of really fun projects, the actual satanic coloring book um, had its own its own path. Um, some chance meetings um, and some good people surrounded me, uh, and uh, you know, really as we're as we're getting ready to launch it, um, I think the 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 fan base and other creatives have really been rallying around me to to really get this thing going because it just seems like a project that just has a lot of momentum and excitement. And, you know, when I get all that from, you know, whether it's people that are, you know, just fans or other artists or people that collaborated on the books, we have some really awesome guest artists in the book that those people, they, they lift me up to get me, you know, pumped up. Like I'm ready to run out in the field and, and play. So that, that's really the creative process of this book. It just kind of developed uh, kind of out of nothing. And, and now is going to be two really cool books amazing that's so cool um and that runs all the way until uh when was it first week of november yeah so we're going to run it from october 5th uh to november 7th on kickstarter perfect amazing um great and um how has your reading of other people's work been <laughs> during during the pandemic so it, that's a great question because one of the weird things about the times we live in now is there's so much availability that you are, it isn't necessarily what's new, it's what's new to you. So I, I, I did my homework, Sam, because I never like to be unprepared for these things because you, you are a <laughs> great, you're a great uh, interviewer and you ask good questions. So I really thought hard about it and, and about what I was reading and, and why I was reading it. So uh, there was five books that stuck stuck out to me that I was reading this year. And again, some are new, some are old, but they were all new to me. So in no particular order, uh, the five books that I've been reading in the last year and change have been uh, Pat Mills and Oliver LeDroit's uh, book, Requiem. Uh, I've been trying to catch up with Attack on Titan. I also did finally catch up with reading Gantz. 
Um, my friends, uh, DW Khan and Mike Shea, I've been reading their, uh, Lovecraft PI meets uh, Miskatonic High crossover, right? I love those guys. Yeah. And I have been reading now for th- 30 years, Battle Angel Alita. And I just read the, the latest volume last week. So those are the five books that I'm reading. And if you'd like, I can kind of give you my thoughts on each one and why I'm reading it and what I'm getting out of it. That would be fantastic. So let, let's start off. Um, with the uh, with the British writer yes. uh, Pat Mills, um, Requiem. Uh, what what have you thought of that? So part of the adventure of reading Requiem is there is no easy way to read it because I initially had caught on to it over a decade ago when it was being serialized in Heavy Metal magazine, and I made it a point to always get the issues with Requiem, and then it just stopped. And then uh, I kind of forgot about it. But during the pandemic, I was trying to find things that I wanted to finish reading. And I was like, you know, I really liked Requiem because I think Pat is an amazing writer. And I think LeDroit is just a sick artist with his his painted style. Um, and, and that and that book is very satanic. Um, it's really cool. So uh, it's been very inspiring to read that while I've been working on the satanic coloring book. But the crazy thing is I kept reading it and I reread the ones that I had and I had a couple collections and then I started saying, well, I want to know how it ends, right? Because you're a fan. Everybody wants to know the ending. <laughs> and I started digging online to try to buy the other books and I re- and I was going to buy uh, I was going to buy one of the uh, original volumes uh, for uh, a friend as a gift. And I realized the original volume because I got the like kind of the softbound collection of like i think the first two chapters from heavy metal it's like over a thousand dollars oh dear wow that's a very generous gift (laughs) yeah well i did well needless to say i'm not that good of a friend so i didn't buy it (laughs) and uh and and then i realized that you you hit a point where the story in print ends i don't like really reading digital comics but i will if i need to and I realized there was another volume to kind of keep the story going on uh, on Comixology. So I bought that, and then I read that, and of course I'm I'm sitting there crying because I really I'm the guy that wants to have all the volumes on a shelf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the story just ended. So of course, you know, I'm I'm kind of chirping at Pat Mills on Twitter, you know, like sure we should finish it because now I I finished reading it, you know, and. Uh, Pat seems like a pretty good natured guy. And I think there's a lot of people kind of poking him about Requiem online. And um, he seems to be implying that there may be an ending coming in the next couple years. So for the, wow. for the people out there that are tuned into Pat Mills and Requiem. Um, yeah. So, so it's a, it's an amazing book. It's really cool. He's got some really great satanic stuff that he's worked in there. So again, like I said, it's been a fun thing to read while I've been working on this, but yeah, it's, it's been an adventure. I'm just trying to read the darn book. And then, like I said, then you realize there is no ending. But I really hope that Mills and LeDroit finish it because I think it's a fabulous story. It's a, it's a really cool comic. Um, I, I really love it. And if you haven't read it, I recommend you do. So that, that's, that's my take on Requiem. And, and I, will, I will tweet this interview to Pat with a note. Pat, I'm still hoping that you print Requiem. Maybe it'll... Maybe it'll get him to respond, right? Because it's 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 all it's all because I love his work and I love Requiem and it's cool stuff. But yeah, there's kind of that you know it bleeds over into the real world where it's like I want the end. I want to know how it all ends, right? Totally. Um, and yeah, no, we could we could definitely um, help support a campaign to get Pat to uh, actually actually finish. Yes. <laughs> finish yes. The story. Yes. Yeah, no, and he, like I said, he, he's a he's a good natured guy, and, and like he I is. said, I, I think yeah. I, I, I think he gets a steady stream of people kind of just tugging on his sleeve, saying, "Hey, Pat, where's Requiem?" Because I really want to know what happens to that vampire dude. <laughs> Come on, we need yeah, it. Which, which, hey, here's the thing: as a writer, isn't that your ultimate goal is to get all the yes. people that that we want to know what's next, right? So he's done a great job because he's he's Pat Mills, and he's he's a first class writer i don't care if we're just talking about english writers or all writers he's he's awesome yeah he's up there 100 so that's so that's been my little take on requiem so attack on titan i'll, I'll talk about that so i am i i am now the, i i finished reading volume 26 about a month ago 
wow. which is great with these manga series because you stack them on a shelf and it's like, I have, you know, four feet of this book or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, I, I will, I, I, I'm actually happy because I know there's an ending and I guess the ending just published. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, I'm behind. I think I'm about 10 volumes away from the end. Um, that book, um, really amazes me because there is a tremendous amount of world building. I was worried over the years of reading it that they were introducing things that were never going to be resolved, but I've been really happy because the book seems to be answering questions that I've had as a reader. But what really amazes me most about that book, um, beyond the world building and the creativity uh, is the art because uh, the, the, it's such a kinetic book and uh, th there's such an amazing level of attention to detail with the uh, backgrounds and vehicles and uh, fantastic anatomy. And uh, I, I just, it, it's just, it's one of those books that it's not, it's not the easiest to read because I, because I may not read a new volume for a month or two. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the creator, Hajime Isayama, I want to make sure I try to say that as correctly as possible. <laughs> um, he has, a, he has a vast imagination, um, and he's not writing, he's not writing for kids. So there are times where even when I get a new volume, I have to stop and go back and reread the prior one because he doesn't treat you gently as a reader. There's an expectation that you're keeping up, Right. So mm -hmm. it's not, I, to me, it's always kind of like a serious read where you have to really sit down and pay attention because you'll miss something. And it's been going on so long now that like, it, it's like trying to read a gigantic novel over years. Um, so it can be a little bit of a difficult read, but again, it's, it, I, it's, it's really worth it. And, you know, eventually I'll get to the end of it and I'm kind of enjoying taking my time with it because, I don't necessarily need to speed to the end. So I'm just kind of, I, I would say I'm savoring it. Right. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. Excellent. And then for anybody that, that hasn't kind of started on that epic journey, that is attack on Titan. Um, where, where does it all start? So it, it drops you into a world that you're not really clear if it's the future, if it's the past, I would describe it as steampunk. Right. Um, that would be how I would look at it. And you are introduced to a world that people are living behind gigantic walls and they start introducing the fact that outside the walls, there are giants that can be of a various height um, that eat people and the entire world, or at least the world that they're aware of um, is very dangerous and they are living in fear behind a gigantic wall. And then the very first story arc uh, involves a giant that's so big it's taller than their walls and it's on fire. So that kind of sets the tone yeah. for where it starts. And the one thing I like about manga, and I think they do a really good job um, versus U.S. books uh, for the most part, is with traditional publishing like Marvel and DC in, in, in the U.S., we seem to like to chew on minutia for decades where – you know, we'll get, uh, you know, we'll try to push readership by saying we've slightly changed Captain America's shield. And I know there right. are people that like that. Um, but what I enjoy as a reader about manga, and I've been reading it for, for since I've been in high school, for about 30 plus years, is that they like to drop the reader into new scenarios that are always different and dynamic. And it's always kind of fun to try to figure out what the rules are, like what, what is going on in this world, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And Attack on Titan was never about like, hey, here's a character that you've loved for 80 years and we're going to do slight variations to it. Uh, Attack on Titan, I think, has, has grown such a big audience because it just was a great creative drop. So the reader, you get dropped into this scenario that's sort of steampunk, sort of political, uh, sort of zombies, but again, you, you are learning the rules of the world, world and uh, they do a great job continually introducing new things. So, uh, and again, no spoilers from this guy, but, you know, even in volume 26, they're, they're pretty darn good at just introducing more things that 
you along with the main characters are discovering more weird parts of their world. And, and like I said, they, he just does a great job. So two thumbs up. If you're not reading Attack on Titan, I highly recommend it. I enjoy the anime as well. So I've been watching the anime kind of concurrently with my kids because they like it. Um, they're not, they're too little to sit and read the manga, but they're six and nine. So they, they love watching the, uh, the, the Blu-rays with, with dad. So it's a great, it's a great show and it's a great book. Nice man. That's excellent. Um, and then uh, the next one on your list, Gantz. 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 So Gantz, very, very similar to uh, Attack on Titan. Um, and Gantz has wrapped, and I did wrap up reading it uh, during the pandemic. And oddly, um, I had to pay quite a lot of money to get the last volume of all things. It was, I think it was like a hundred dollars. And normally mangas are, you know, less wow. than 10 or around 10. It was, it was strange. I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. So I was like, well, I got to pay for it cause I got to read it. And, and similar to attack on Titan, um, with Gantz, uh, you basically get dropped into a world where, where, uh, people die. Like just to, you could get hit by a car, you know, like whatever, you know, the, the regular ways that, uh, unfortunately people pass away, but certain people wake up in a room and there is a ball the size of, I don't know, like a, a motorcycle. But it's like a black globe and it opens up and it gives everyone weapons and clothing and it instructs them that they have to go out in the city and kill a creature that is like a, a some kind of monster alien. And the characters are doing what you would and I would do. They're asking questions. Some of them are refusing to participate. Other people seem to know what's going on. Uh, and that's how it starts. And Gantz is probably the most over the top testosterone driven action adventure, big guns, crazy monsters. And it just, <laughs> again, it's, it's very similar to attack on Titan where it starts off with a very interesting concept. And I think it went uh, over 30 volumes. I mean, it just, it's epic. And, uh, the ending, uh, the ending, some people liked it. I thought it was okay. I, I'll be honest. I was kind of exhausted as a reader after all the years <laughs> yeah. of reading it because it's just it's just bigger, crazier, badder. Um, the art is amazing. Uh, Hiroya Oku is the creator. Um, he is a gifted writer and a gifted artist, and I think Gantz uh, is a treat. It, it reminded me a lot of Ghostbusters, um, a little bit right. because you, the, you're trying to, these, the people are kind of being forced to go after creatures. Um, and, uh, it, it just, it's a book that starts off interesting and then it becomes like bigger than any action movie you've ever seen. It becomes a global book by the end. So great art, uh, totally original story, a lot of fun to read. Um, and again, that was one that, that I wrapped up and it was, it was, it was just really, really fun. So again, kind of a similar pick to attack on Titan, but, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend Gantz. Nice man. Um, yeah, these, these are some big, big stories. Like, yes. as you say, Gantz is like over 30 volumes. It's 37 precisely. Is, um, it, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. 37. So Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's, it's a big commitment but i guess you just you start off with the first one and see where it takes you yeah and, and like i said it, it starts off with a great it starts off with a great hook where you you know yeah. I, I think in the very first issue a guy falls in front of a subway and he, and he, he passes away and then he wakes up in this apartment with with, with with just random people it's like old people young people uh you know uh, there's like a little kid uh you know <laughs> there's like a biker there's the guy that seems to know what's going on and doesn't talk to. And, and again, th they do a great job of just dropping you, the reader, in these scenarios, whether it's cannibal giants or I got killed and I'm in an apartment and I'm being given guns by a talking ball and I have to go <laughs> and I have to go kill a creature in Tokyo. Right. So it's just it's fun stuff. And, and, I, and I like this. I like those scenarios and, and they are big. They're vast stories. Okay, nice. so number four, Lovecraft P.I. meets Miskatonic High. So this kind of goes in a totally different direction. So um, I got to know uh, D.W. Khan through meeting him at a show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Horror Realm. 
And I believe, I believe that was in 2017 that we first met. We hit it off. We ended up being really good friends. Uh, he does a lot of Kickstarters, and I've become a fan and supporter of his uh, brawling uh, Lovecraft-themed detective uh, ward, uh, the Lovecraft PI, right? And uh, DW has always uh, been a fan of another guy named Mike Shea, who does a book called Miskatonic High. Yeah. which which to me i would describe it as a reader as uh putting a high school drama with the lovecraft mythos creatures so it's it's kind of to me it's always kind of a bit of a fun tongue-in-cheek uh crossover with two genres that you know hey we love breakfast club and we love mountains of madness right so let's put them together <laughs> so knowing both of those guys and, and i have a lot of respect for their work but i have a lot of respect for them as guys that are out hustling their brands and 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 their projects is they decided to do a crossover, which has been a lot of fun. So I, uh, I've been backing and supporting the crossover and uh, reading the first issue was a lot of fun. Um, it reminded me a lot of the cartoons and stuff that I like. Cause it's like, let's, you know, it's like, let's put, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo with the, uh, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters or whatever. So there's that kind of <laughs> where, you know, of course, they have the story where they, you know, so, you know, Lovecraft P.I. is set in the 30s uh, and the, the Miskatonic High kids are set in what we'll call modern day, you know, yeah. United States. And, of course, there's the time travel conceit. And, of course, they don't, even though they got to team up, right, like when they put together like, you know, Spider-Man and Superman or, or whatever, any of those classic crossovers, right? They always got to be enemies and they can't get along, right? And then the, and then the, the big bad unites them. So there there is there is a very uh you know kind of standard format to what those encounters are but here's the thing it it isn't like it's a it's a great formula and if you love the characters and i do it's fun to see those characters kind of get to go through that process where of course there's there's shovey right there's the the creature there and, and uh, it's, it's going to affect things over both their worlds and, and the, the Miskatonic high kids and, and Lovecraft PI have to team up. And uh, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's fun. Cause I'm, I'm, I consider myself friends to, to all the creators there and, and I, I love their characters. And it was really cool to see two guys that are, you know, out grinding it and self publishing that, that they were able to pull that off because I think to me as a guy doing Kickstarters and creating his own books, seeing two uh, independent guys actually pull that off was that's, that's amazing that those guys were able to pull that off and the books look first class and they're, it's a lot of fun and uh, I'm waiting to get my part two. Um, so I'll be excited to read that. Cause of course the part one ends on a cliffhanger, right? Cause that's how that works. <laughs> you know, Absolutely too, right? Yeah. So like I said, I, I to me, those are, uh, it's, it's a great book. So, I mean, again, if, if you like Lovecraft, if you like hard brawling, uh, I would call it hard-boiled detective action, right? A swig of booze, a, a 45 and a punch uh, to the face when you wear a trench coat. Or if you like things like Breakfast Club and high school, you know, high school comedies like Clueless, uh, you know. And you, or if you like Lovecraft in general, it's a lot of fun. So I, I had two thumbs up for these guys um, and their project, and it's been a lot of fun reading it. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. It's fun. It's fun. Exactly. It's not as it's definitely not as long as Gantz and Attack on Titan. <laughs> Certainly but, not. Yeah, um, but it's, and, uh, it's fun. It's like getting on a roller coaster. Yeah. What it's like. Exactly. It really is. Um, and uh, Mike's done an outstanding job. With Miskatonic High, you know it's uh, Mike, absolutely fantastic what 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 he's done, what he's achieved with that. Um, yeah, just incredible. <laughs> Mike literally could be the hardest working person in in the Kickstarter scene. I mean, literally, yeah. I, I I don't I, I no question doubt. if there, I question if he's even real or if it's an amalgamation <laughs> of like five people working really hard and they just throw Mike Shea out as like a name because literally this yeah. guy. He, he, He's just all the time. He's got books, 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 books. Uh, I, I did a survey for one. I said, I, it's hard to keep track of all the stuff you've got going on. You're, you know, he's, he's, he's like, he's like Marvel in the seventies. He's just churning out books. Yeah. Totally, man. Um, absolute hero. But, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. And then, uh, let's, uh, let's move on, uh, to your, to your last, um, read. 
Battle Angel Lita, and, th- and this is a mixed bag because, okay, so I, I have to be very clear on this. This could be the book I may have been reading the longest as a reader because I have been reading this since 1992. It's 2021, so wow. that is uh, 29 years, and new books are still coming out, and I have been faithfully reading them all this time, but I have to tell you, um, as much as a huge fan I am of this book, I now feel at this point, and I, I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like I'm I'm reading it because I have to, because right. I just read the latest volume, and it it is it was not. I kind of feel like I had to force myself to read it, right? Uh, and I think as as long term comic readers, Sam, and I don't know if you've ever hit that point. You you probably have. There's titles that you've invested in so long and so uh, intensely as a reader that you almost feel like you you got to keep going. And the last volume, and, and I just say one thing but the, the fellow that's made this yukito uh, kashiro is again he's a savant he's he's amazing his art his action uh artwork is i, I might say is the best action like if you want to see like fighting scenes and kinetic action he may be the best uh, artist i've ever seen but the book is so great but it, and one of the things that's always been fun about it is he takes tangents and he's right. done whole volumes where, like, you'll see a character at the end of a book in a photograph, and then he'll do a 200-page volume explaining who that character is. Now, he has made that work, right, many times in the past, and it's it's been awesome. Like, there was a whole ep- there was a whole volume about vampire mercenaries fighting in, like, a futuristic St. Louis, but it was in the past to the current day, and it was just... It was just amazing stuff. Um, now he's gone really deep prequel. And now the main character, we're finding out what she was doing when she was like a, a small child, like eight or nine years old. <laughs> and it's just, it it's so uninteresting to me at this point that like, it, it's such a bummer because he had actually ended the book. Like there was the original nine volumes was like, that was the seminal battle angel. And that's just amazing stuff. And then he took a break. He did a book called Aquanite, which I really loved. And I wish he would have done more of that because it was different. But then he came back and he was like, Hey, I'm going to pick it back up. I I don't know if he was unhappy with where it ended, but he like picked it back up and he did. It really was what it was. was like a fighting tournament uh, manga called battle angel Lita uh last order and you'd have to look it up but it was like 20 volumes of this like fighting tournament on mars and it was pretty cool wasn't as good as the first nine volumes but now now it's uh these prequels were the main character is a little kid on mars and boy i I gotta tell you i'm just i'm I'm gonna read it till the very end right i'm i'm there (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there, whether I want to be or not. But boy, it's just, eh, it's just not. It's not what I'm enjoying very much, and and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to read it because I really feel at this point I kind of have to. And and like I said, I'm sure you've done it, Sam, and I'm sure a lot of yeah. your listeners would be like, yeah, I've had that book, and you and you you read it till the bitter end. <laughs> And he's got me. Like I'm, I'm probably a customer of his, no matter what he does. But I'm probably, I'm probably just there, and uh, you know, for better or for worse. And I'll read the next one. But the, the, the now the book is called uh, Last Order. No, yes. that was the, the middle one, and then it's now Mars Chronicle. Mar- Mars Chronicle. I'm sorry, geez, I got it confused there. Thanks, Sam, for bailing me back in there. So I'm in like volume seven of Mars Chronicle, and I'm just, and the art's still great, but I'm like, boy, this story. He's really. I mean, as much as it was, take it back to Pat Mills. I'm like, Pat, Pat, I got to know what's going on, Pat Mills. I got to know what's going on with this. I'm just <laughs> like, man, maybe maybe this just needs to. There needs to be an end because th- this is just kind of 
it's like you're at a bar and like someone's talking to you and they're drunk and they won't let you leave and you're just like I just gotta yeah. get and they well you can't get you're out. edging towards the door <laughs> and they won't but then they put their arms so you can't get out and you're stuck yeah. at the booth and you can't oh, get no. out oh it's we've all been there too so I kind of I kind of feel like that Mr. Kashiro if you hear this I'm really sorry but I have been reading for like 29 years so I kind of feel that I have the right to say that I'm not really digging it right now <laughs> and that and that's why. I, I kind of wish he would do something else because when he did Aqua Knight, it was just fresh. It was all new characters and it was a new a new world. And and he did like three volumes of that, and that I really enjoy because it was fresh. Battle Angel at this point, I think needs to it needs to get put to bed. But I'll be there till the bitter end. So th- those are the five things. And I guess I saved kind of the most depressing one for last. But I'm sure I'll be curious <laughs> when this gets posted if other readers either share my opinion and or yeah. if other people are like, yeah, I was reading that one book and I feel you. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, because that is an interesting question, isn't it? Um, when there is a an ongoing series where it's like, yeah, you, you need to pick things back up again or end it or something. Um, and I've, I've definitely experienced that with series um, where you're, you're just hanging in there because you do want to find out what what's happened because of the, sure. the great foundation that was written there beforehand. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's something that you've got to be so aware of. I mean, and I guess from a creative process standing, you know, do, would a publisher approach the the creator and kind of say, "Hey, this is you, you're really trying to pull blood from a stone here"? I mean, well, I, I think in his case, and I'm only guessing because I'm not that dialed into like the manga scene, which is weird. Which is also right. weird, even discussing this because I I don't actually know any other fans of the book to even talk to. So even though I've been reading right. it for three decades. I've always felt like I'm on an island um, living in the United States. You know, obviously, you know, most fans are very vocal about, you know, our books. So it's like, let's be upset about, you know, Cap, you know, Captain America. Hey, he, he's he's in Hydra and everyone's going to lose their mind. And that's like in the news. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like with Battle Angel, it's weird because I feel that like I just feel like a person on an island because I'm like, am I am I the only person that's tired of this book? <laughs> And I don't know anyone that's, and I don't really see anything about it. And I don't feel like sitting and like drilling into it to find people talking about it. But I, I think, I think he's a star. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a big deal on his own and he's yeah. probably earned the freedom to do whatever he wants, where mm-hmm. if a publisher said, we're not going to publish this, I'm sure he would just go somewhere else. So I think he's at the point, oh, yeah. I, he's probably at the point where he gets to do, Yukito gets to do what Yukito wants to do. I just wish, I just wish he would want to do something else. You know yeah. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I loved reading Aqua Knight, and at this point I I just and I'm there for it, Sam. I'm there. I'll, I'm there to the bitter end, right? <laughs> I hope I live long enough. To I see love the your end commitment. What's that? I love your commitment. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I just I I feel exhausted. So if you're if you're listening to this, and if you're a fan of Battle Angel, are you exhausted? And also, if you're exhausted with the series, in the comments to when Sam puts this out there. I'll be curious if you're tired of the series and I, I want to read your comments. Cause I'm curious if other people are still reading things, but they're just exhausted. Yeah. About it. And yeah. What, what's exhausting about it, I guess. Um, yeah. Cause what, what, what is it? Do you feel at the moment about that? That's quite exhausting. Uh, we now we're back to the character being eight or nine years old. And I'm like, this is I just, I, I don't know. It's just it's radically uninteresting to me to watch the character yeah. as like a. It'd a be child. nice as like a sequel type thing, yeah. Than a prequel. Well, well, and the other weird thing is too, people know that I'm a fan, and when the movie came out, they were like, "You got to be into this." And I watched the trailer, and I said, "I will never go see this movie because what drove me nuts is the director said I'm a fan." And they and then for whatever reason they they cast a, a young woman to play the main character right, and they yeah. CGI'd her eyes to make them like big anime eyes on her head. They didn't, in my opinion, they, they didn't look good. Then every yeah. other character in the movie just had a regular face, and the director said, "I'm a fan," and everyone knows she has big eyes. And I thought, you you've got to be kidding me. Uh, it's yeah. a style. The main, the main, the main character, <laughs> the, the doctor. Style, dude. 
What's that? I'm sorry. But yeah, that's the manga style. I mean, yeah, the, James Cameron. I mean, come on, man. I know it wasn't. I think it was Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, sorry, who directed it, and James Cameron was the producer, one of the producers. Sorry. And, and sorry. Doc Edo yeah. on the comic, his head looks like Beaker. He doesn't have like a head like a cylinder, but it works in the style. And, and I remember thinking, like, okay, how did you guys spend all this money? And it looks terrible, and I refuse to see it. And and the movie. I don't think did that well. And I remember thinking to myself and my like silent, I'm a fan by myself. I've been reading this book for 25 or 26 years. I'm your core audience. And as soon as I saw your trailer, I'm like, I don't want to watch it. And I've heard people say it's good. I've had a handful of people say, man, you're really taking a hard stance towards this. And I was like, the character does not have big googly eyes. I'm not going to watch it. And I've been reading this comic book forever. I'm your core fan base. So, you know, look out. If you if your core fan base isn't isn't into what you're doing, maybe you should think about what you're doing. But that's just me. That's just me. There there's my battle angel axe to grind <laughs> with the movie. But that that's bugged me for a while. So Love it. No doubt, man, no doubt. And uh yeah, no, I mean when you do do an adaptation, you do have to make sure you try and yeah, appeal to the to the core oh, yeah. foundational fan base really um yeah it's uh disappointing that they did that and yeah i've i've, I've seen it it's it's okay it, it yeah. didn't feel like it was anything special so uh, you're not missing out basically okay well i feel i feel better <laughs> like i said and i don't know if it bugged you watch but i saw the trailer and then i read that comment and i'm like she does she doesn't have oh my god like i, I just was like <laughs> why I'm like what pay pay me pay me to come on set as a consultant and i'll just tell you like save some money just let let the young woman can we just see her regular face i'm sure she's pretty can we just see her face <laughs> excellent uh, yeah um no i feel i feel your pain jason definitely yeah 100 man um but so uh, yeah no, thank you so much for for sharing your comics for the pandemic and yes. uh, sharing uh your uh how your your pandemic's been um yes. creatively and, and and whatnot and uh I'm, I'm really looking forward to to seeing um to seeing the the coloring book launch and seeing more of more of what what type of artwork is inside yeah well i'll, I'll tell you this I'm, I'm really excited because uh one of the things that i've learned with crowdfunding is now kickstarter's done a really good thing for creators where they now allow you to um promote your book way before it launches with the pre-launch link. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I didn't really understand how that worked on Lords of the Cosmos four. So I kind of dabbled with it and I had a few uh, pre-launch followers and I had my biggest first day ever. Um, this book, the coloring book as of this morning has 474 people following the launch. Epic. That's the, that's like six and a half times what I had for Lords of the Cosmos four. Um, and, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a different animal than my comic book. So yes, I'm excited. Um, there's going to be lots of art you can check out when the Kickstarter launches. It's, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And uh, I just hope uh, the excitement goes through the whole month of October into November, and we'll we'll probably peak at Halloween. But uh, oh, you know, Sam, I got a question for you. I got one little question for you on our on. On my last appearance. We talked about another book that I love, Meta Barons, and you said I'm going to go out and buy that book. Did you buy Bingo. it? I did. I did. Um, and it was a fair few months ago now that I've read it. But um the the one thing I can say off the top of my head was that it was it was epic. Mm-hmm. Um and it was the first volume, so I'm I, I need to go uh, find the second volume. I managed to find that first volume on yes. um on eBay, um of all places. And um yeah, I need to go get the get the second volume because uh, I just remember it being rather epic and um what do you call it uh getting me excited for the likes of the new june movie and, and things like that and since then in actual fact i've 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 read the dune book as well yes um on top of that as well um and as well by complete coincidence um for a birthday present um i got the the inkle is it, oh, okay. Is that how you Great. It? Inkle. Yeah. Um, another. Cow or Inkle. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Inkle. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've yet to get through the entire thing because 
they they got me like the hardcover full full edition. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's it's proper thick. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So it's it's opened up a whole new world for me. Let's say that. You know, it's funny is your problems change as you as you grow up. When you're younger, yeah. your problem is you don't have enough money to buy some of the neat stuff you want. And then your problem yeah. changes to something else. You don't have time to play with and read all the stuff you got. Where it's not about being able to afford it. It's like, wow, thanks for buying me this, uh, you know, 30-episode uh, uh, Blu-ray set or this amazing comic book collection <laughs> that's 400 pages. I'll try to read it this year. Yeah, that's exactly. That's my goal. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's your problem, right? You don't have the time to read 100%. it. Yeah, so it's, 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 you always got problems. It's just what, what problems you got. And that's my biggest problem. I have an entire cabinet and drawer filled with amazing things that have been given to me as gifts or I've bought. And I'm just like, wow, this is like, but it's just a trickle where it's like what I'm trying to get through now is uh, – I got the Megazone 23 Blu-ray re-release from Animigo, and they're re-releasing some really amazing 80s uh, anime. And it's like special features, all the movie. And like, I, 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 I'm trying to get through that. And it's, you know, it's, it's maybe 10 hours to get through this box set. There's an art book with it, and it's all amazing. It'll probably take me three or four weeks just to try to like, you know, pick away at this box set you know <laughs> definitely as opposed it to is. you know when you're 15 it's like well i'm gonna sit down all day and just watch this thing for the <laughs> next 10 hours because i'm off all summer and i live at home with my parents and i got nothing to do and then it all switches and yeah, yeah and then, and then, you haven't got yeah. enough time to do the things that you want to do <laughs> yeah but you can afford them you just have no time to use them it's the issue, right? Oh my oh, god! What a catch twenty-two we all live in. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jason, thank you so much again um, for for coming back on the show um, and for for letting us know about your latest project. Um, best of luck with it. Sounds like you're you're going to be off to a good start. Um, and for everybody, go go check it out via via the the link in the show notes um, and uh, and join the pre followers. Um, there'll probably be about 500 when this properly airs um, and uh, get notified o- upon uh, upon the launch of the Satanic Coloring Book. Sam, I appreciate you. You're, you're a great friend and you're a wonderful interviewer. And I am always uh, uh, thankful that uh, you're gracious enough to have me on your show. And uh, I, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. And uh, I, again, thank you for your friendship. And uh, it is it is truly valued. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Jason. You take care, man. Speak soon. Thanks again to Jason for being on Comics for the Pandemic. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Jason's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other and lots of other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now. <laughs>